Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think many nurses make great property investors. Many women make great property investors. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Julie Wyatt, a hard-working mother, nurse and renovation coach. You'll hear how she delved into property in her later years, discover how she was selected to be part of a property investment competition that ran over the course of 18 months where she grew her passion for renovations and much, much more. We find out what Julie White does and what her job description is where she proves she's the ultimate multitasker. I'm a property and renovation coach and I'm also a registered nurse and I still work part-time because I really, really enjoy my nursing. Kind of let a lot of it go but my main focus now is my property and renovation business. Yeah, so it's a busy life that I have. She delves into what a typical day in her life looks like. I split my time between working as my business as a property and renovation coach here in Perth in WA and I also work for a mining company up in the remote northwest of WA. Split between property and nursing, which is a great mix, I reckon. With a hectic workload, she explains how she manages the time to do it all. Um, well, it's fairly structured. At, um, so I work a, a set roster so that when I'm at work, I'm at work. But um, my time when I'm at home is um, spent doing things that I really love, which is investing in property and renovating, which is my first love. It's certainly busy, but it's an easy thing to fit everything in once you become organized and structured in your day. She explains the kind of schedule she has in between nursing and her business. Eight days a month I work and the rest of the month I basically work from Perth, so which is awesome. So I share a job with another nurse, which is fantastic. Very lucky that I've got a very flexible employer that allows this sort of working arrangement, which is awesome. I've had a few nurses on the podcast and it's really interesting how the nursing, I guess the empathy and the communication because you're dealing with patients and especially the property business is all about people, it ties in very, very well and that's why I think a lot of nurses are very successful at what they do in terms of uh, property investing. I'd have to agree with you, Tyrone. I think many nurses make great property investors. Many women make great property investors. I think mainly because the life skills that nursing teaches you really allow you to listen to what a vendor's saying, for example, and read between the lines and just see what's really going on. You know, one of the things that I have really honed in my journey is being able to understand what's the issue for the vendor. Why are they selling the property in the state that it's in? You know, being able to come up with a win-win often. Not everyone has that skill and I think it's really important in investing and certainly in renovating. Before discovering her love for property, Wyatt shares a bit about her upbringing. I grew up in a military family so my dad was in the Air Force. We kind of moved all over the place and I guess 
that again has taught me really well. Like you start in a school and then two years later you'd be moving to a different one. So you became either very, very shy, which I was initially, but also you just adapt to a changing situation. So I was all over Australia, also in Singapore. So, yeah, it was quite an interesting background. My dad actually got out of the Air Force when I hit 13, so I had a bit more stability going into high school. It is what it is, one of those interesting environments where you learn a lot as you go along. That's very, very interesting. Just wondering, like, do you remember, like, how many different places that you would have gone to over leading up to, say, 13 years old? Probably about seven or eight schools uh, in my primary school years and kindy and stuff. So, yeah, lots. I don't know. I can't remember the exact amount, but certainly that's the life in the military. You move when they tell you to move and your family just has to go along with it, basically. As her father was in the Air Force, she goes on to explain the kinds of duties her father had. It was more in supply and doing logistics and stuff like that, So, but still a very necessary occupation. I think he actually really enjoyed it in the military. He never really found something he enjoyed more after he left. I guess it's a lifestyle thing and you stay in there for a long time. As Wyatt was finally able to settle down at the age of 13, she talks a bit about her schooling years. Nothing very interesting in my schooling to be really honest. Hey, So as soon as I started high school, finished in year 12, finished my uh, TAE as it was called then and then um, went straight into nursing as a fresh-faced 18-year-old back in nursing school. So they didn't have uh, nursing through universities back then. So I'm showing my age here big time. Yeah, so learning on the job basically and learning very quickly some really important life skills like at 18, laying out dead people, dealing with trauma. So yeah, you just get thrown in straight in the deep end. But again, important lessons for later in life, I reckon. As she was confronted with intense experiences whilst working as a nurse, she shares how it changed her life perception. I think it made me grow up very quickly. I think you really learn in really important life skills like how to talk to people, how to interact with people. As I said, because I've been changing school so much when I was younger, I was really quite shy. You just can't be when you're having to help people with you know massive lifestyle issues when they're sick. You know, so it really taught me one to grow up two to learn how to actually interact with people and speak to their relatives, speak to their loved ones, all that sort of stuff. So again, I'm very, very thankful for that because um, not everyone gets an opportunity to do that at such a young age as well. Did you continue on to do nursing from there onwards or did you actually switch into anything else? I became a registered nurse after doing the required training, but I didn't stay put in one place. I was a little bit bored just staying in a hospital. So I, I went bush basically, went rural remote and just had lots of opportunities to do some amazing stuff that I would never have got a chance to do if I'd stayed in a Perth hospital just being a ward nurse. So working in rural areas in remote communities, I actually became a flight nurse for Royal Flying Doctor Service in Port Hedland. That was an amazing experience. So when you take that step out of your comfort zone and go to remote communities, which a lot of nurses probably wouldn't do because they'd be scared or they're not sure if they can cope or whatever, then all of these doors I from Royal Flying Doctor Service, I went to offshore, working offshore in oil and gas and then into mining. For a nurse, end up in a mine site, it's not the usual sort of progression, career progression that you would normally get. So I've been very, very fortunate that I've had the ability to experience so many different things. Taking that step as an 18-year-old, getting exposed to a lot of different things and then just going outside your comfort zone, it's been amazing. And how many years have you been a registered nurse for since then? 
oh, Tyrone, you're going to ask me that and it's going to make me look really, really old. <laughs> wasn't intentional. I'm just trying to paint the picture of the journey. <laughs> That's all right. It's 35 years I've been doing that, so it's a long time. But, hey, some of the people that I started nursing with have been, you know, become my closest friends and we've been friends as we started at 18-year-olds all that time ago. So, yeah, it's really interesting. It doesn't seem like yesterday, you know. Wyatt discusses if nursing was always the path she wanted to follow or if she was interested to explore other options. Always wanting to do different things. Part of the reason I got into property at such a late age, like I didn't start investing until I was 40. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Mainly, I was married to the wrong person who just wouldn't, wasn't interested in, I thought it was a perfect opportunity, you know, earning good incomes where we were living and stuff like that. And he's just like, no, 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 we can't do that. No, we're not going to do that. I think that held me back and I went along with it clearly, but always wanted to start investing. Property really, really resonated with me as an investing strategy. So it wasn't until I became divorced that I went, okay, right, now we go. This is what we're going to do. So, you know, I probably started a lot later than a lot of people, but it was a steep learning curve. <laughs> Starting at 40s, um, I've got a bit of time to make up, you know. Despite diving into property in her later years, she shares what else may have influenced her interest in property investment. My earliest memories of me running around after my granddad and my dad, who are both self-taught carpenters, very handy. Like I grew up learning handyman or handy person skills. So I was always, I loved that sort of thing. So I think that's why I really gravitated towards renovating. First, I was always a tomboy. I was always into, hey, I want to be outside helping them. And I think having that sort of background, it really, like if it's something you love, then you obviously have a passion for it. So I only have them to thank for that, for that influence. And I think that has really followed me through. Once I started doing my own renovations, I was also able to do a lot more than I thought possible. And if I didn't know something, I would find someone to teach me or I would learn or I would YouTube it or whatever it took to find out how to actually do a task. So I think that's been a great influence as I was growing up, certainly. Coming up after the break, we hear how Julie Wyatt won a property mentoring competition. The whole experience was amazing and pushed me completely out of my comfort zone. I ended up working for 12 months with a very, very good female property guru who challenged me in every way. Not only her passion for investing in property, but also in renovating. I've clocked up my 11th renovation. So in that first 12, 18 months, I didn't do just renovations. I learned a whole heap of other stuff as well. Like I said before, I gravitated straight back to renovating because I just get a buzz out of turning a really crappy old, horrible looking house into something beautiful. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. After realising her passion for property, Wyatt delves into the first property she purchased. That's probably the beginning of the story for me, I guess. I, I ended up divorcing the person I was with for a while, 20 years actually. So I found myself newly divorced and I was the sole carer for my little girl. She was only six then. We were in a remote area up in Port Hedland and I thought, wow, okay. So I always wanted to learn about property. This is a really good time for me to start doing that. Scary but good because I can remember going through the process of divorce, etc. So we actually owned a house together. So I was waiting for the proceeds of the sale of that house. And that takes forever, as you know, if you've gone through something like that. And I remember looking at my little girl thinking, wow, this is actually it. I have to make some decisions now. They're going to be 
the right decisions for her and for me. So it really hit me in the face where I thought, wow, I don't know anything about investing. I have no clue, but I need to find out. So I actually entered a competition, didn't even think much about it, just wrote, I think you had to put in there in 50 words or less why you thought you could actually, what would it benefit you to, to um, win a mentoring for, for 12 months with a property mentor? And I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I need to know. I've got a small amount of money coming to me. I really need to learn as much as I can. So I entered it, didn't think anything more about it. And then about three weeks later, I got a phone call and they said to me, you, we picked you. We want you to come over to the uh, Sunshine Coast next weekend, start this this whole process. And I'm like, oh, my God, it really floored me. I had no clue. I didn't know what to do. Of course, as you do, go and ask the opinion of people around you. And they're like, oh, it sounds like a scam. Oh, no, it sounds like it's it's all too hard. You shouldn't go. And I thought, I really want to do this. So I did. I made it happen. I had my own business. I had my daughter. I had everything to try and organise. But I jumped on the plane, went over there. And it literally changed my life. The, the whole experience was amazing and pushed me completely out of my comfort zone. I ended up working for 12 months with a very, very good female property guru who challenged me in every way so I mean I always had a good income because I've always worked but I had nothing behind me so I was a single mum with you know all the responsibility of my daughter and nothing much to show for 20 years of marriage so in the 12 to 18 months that followed I developed it ended up being about 1.8 million dollars worth of property and doing lots of things that I'd never done before including renovations I started with renovations but also, the ability to do this quickly using joint ventures, using strata titling, lots of different things that I've never been exposed to. So it really, really did push me out of my comfort zone. Thinking about doing property one minute into actually doing it and going from not even knowing how to write a contract out to, you know, willing and dealing, doing joint ventures with people I didn't know particularly well. It is something that pushes you out of comfort zone, but it's the only way to grow. So, yeah, it was just a massive year for me, or a massive year and a half, actually. So that's got me started, and I've been doing it ever since. I love it. Wow, that's amazing. Were there any other candidates that were selected, or were you the only one as part of that whole process? No, there were seven women from around Australia selected, so I was the WA person. So I got to know those seven women very, very well. We became very, very good friends. I still keep in touch with them now that was you know 10 15 years ago now i don't hear very often these kind of competitions you know especially to pick this i wonder why she did it do you know why she did that she was working with another lady they were kind of a mindset coach and a property coach and they wanted to see whether they could take seven women and teach them a lot of stuff in a year and they certainly did it was amazing i don't know that it's ever been done again but i just consider myself very very lucky to have had the opportunity to do it it was just something they did as a one-off i think The renovation coach talks about the structure of the program and the activities involved over the course of 18 months. Yeah, so it was um, like again, the initial kind of weekend that I went away to the Sunshine Coast was me getting up in front of 500 women in the audience to talk about my journey and also, you know, who I was and all that sort of stuff. And then four times during that 12 months, they would meet up at various places for the weekend. So they had like a weekend seminar thing and you had to go up and show the projects that you've been working on and what you've been doing and so people got to know your story and about your journey etc then we used to just keep in touch with the mentor by phone we'd have a hookup every week 
and we also had the ability ability to ring if we found a really good deal and just run through the numbers with them and make sure that they were happy that we were doing it. So it was an amazing opportunity in that regard. So you knew that you were pretty much doing stuff that was going to work, you know, the numbers worked out, etc. And I think the thing that taught me that taught me the most was that having a mentor is amazing and just taking all the guesswork out of is this a good deal or is it not, teaching you how to find good deals and how to back yourself and all those things. Was there a cost to that as well besides your time? No. That's a really amazing opportunity. What did you take away from that and what was the particular strategy that you followed? At the end, they had like a finale weekend, you know, all of us got to show what we'd achieved in the 12 months and all of us did really well, like not just myself, but all the other girls as well. Um, then we had the opportunity to continue on with the mentor, obviously paying um, what you would normally pay, etc. I mean, during that whole year, there was other people that had a, had participated in a paid program, so we were just the lucky ones that won ours for nothing. The greatest thing that I took away from it is that it's the network, the power of having positive people around you, having people you can ring and just bounce ideas off, etc. So you don't feel like you're doing it on your own. I think that's the biggest thing I got out of it. I mean, it was an amazing, exciting year and we had lots of stuff happen, lots of fun things, lots of not so fun things, but that's the, the roller coaster of renovating a property, right? So it's just one of those things where you just learn, you learn very, very quickly that things don't always go the right way that you think that they're going to go. And you know what I mean? Like it's, I suppose having that support of other people around you just made it um, such a, an amazing time. And it really, I really still look back on it now and think that that year changed my life and not just in terms of property, it changed my mindset, it changed my belief in myself, um, my ability to, to think, yeah, I actually am a good person and I'm doing stuff that I love, you know, all of that. Because I think every each and every one of us has our baggage from from previous, you know, for, from your history and stuff. And sometimes it's not so easy to move past those things and actually change your mindset and, and believe that you can do these things. After developing a good mindset, Wyatt delves into how she managed to build her property portfolio. I've clocked up my 11th renovation. So in that first 12, 18 months, I didn't do just renovations. I learned a whole heap of other stuff as well. Like I said before, I gravitated straight back to renovating because I, I just get a buzz out of turning a really crappy old horrible looking house into something beautiful and I think that's the guts of it and to be able to make money out of that is is a bonus but I really enjoy the process it's a, a, a little crazy I suppose but it's one of those things where you know I did a lot of things but renovating I think is a strategy for me works well because I just understand it I've got a feel you go into a property and just get a feel for it and you can see no matter how ugly it looks right now you can do something with it you know, since since I started that that course, really renovation has been my main strategy. Out of all those renovations, have you kept all of those properties or have you bought and sold them? The last three we've kept, the ones previous to that we sold, the main reason being is that the Perth market or WA market has been challenging for the last couple of years. So, you know, what we would have normally flipped for a profit, we, we've kept and we've actually put all of the three properties onto Airbnb and, and basically um, just increased our cash flow because the market at the moment is a challenge and we wouldn't have been able to sell them for a profit. So it's best to keep on keep hold of them. And um, the Airbnb has been amazing. So like, it's just a really good strategy and just makes lots of sense in lots of ways. And, and our guests love staying in a newly renovated place. They will love it. So yeah, it's kind of worked really well. Sometimes it's a matter of 
changing with the way things in the property cycle and the property market are going. So, you know, you never say that you can't do well in a in a down market, but Airbnb has certainly proved to us that we, you know, we've done very, very well and it's just a good strategy and we'll we'll change our strategies depending on what's going on at the at the time. So yeah, that's a that's been a really good thing for us. With all the properties she has renovated, she shares one of her worst property moments and the lesson she learned from it. I'd love to be able to say that I've just been successful the whole time and everything's been wonderful. You know, life is life and sometimes I've made some monumental <laughs> mistakes and this one was one of them. I think after I finished the course initially with my mentor, I think I got a bit too smart. I don't know if there's such a word but I also got a bit cocky I think and probably thought I could do everything and, and take on too much. So I ended up, for some reason, I have no idea why, what my thought process were at the time, but I bought a business and I thought, great, so I'll put a second mortgage on one of the properties to enable to loan for the business, etc. blah, blah, blah. Very, very long story cut short was it was around the time of the GFC last time and yeah, the business didn't go so well and, and the banks don't like you putting second mortgages onto properties. So really not a smart idea. At the end of the day, I ended up, the banks just fire sailed my properties. So that was a bit sad. And I ended up in a part 10 bankruptcy. So basically the difference between a part 10 bankruptcy and a normal bankruptcy is that you pay back all your debtors, which I did. So that wasn't to enable me to sleep at night because I think it's the right thing to do. You know, at the time, it was um, a pretty horrendous process. Um, I ended up also with a relationship breakdown around the same time. So everything, yeah, as it does, it was a monumental lesson for me and something that I really actually am very grateful for now. But, you know, it just shows that not everyone's perfect. We don't always get it right. Even going through that process and kind of the stigma of a bankruptcy and stuff like that, I got bad advice as well, which didn't help. It's really important in these times to take um, responsibility for what's happened and to use it as a learning, which I absolutely did. And I was actually able to turn that around quite quickly. You know, it takes a long time for all that stuff to be sorted. You know, after a year, I think it was probably into my second year post-bankruptcy, then I started being able to invest again, just not on my own behalf, but um, using people as guarantors and stuff like that. So, you know, it wasn't a fun time. I didn't enjoy the experience, but I tell you what, it, ta- it taught me a hell of a lot. And it really, I suppose, proves that even the most successful investors, when you start talking to them, have all been through, most of them have been through stressful situations like that. And that's when they, they get them their greatest aha moments or their, their greatest learnings from. So, yeah, I, I learned a hell of a lot. And I could have actually at the time gone, oh, you know, property's really not for me. I, I'm just unlucky or it's, you know, everything was against me and I, and I think I'm never going to do it again and all that. And I'm, I would never think like that, but I could have. I could have just walked away and said, this is just not for me. But there's something inside of you that says, no, I just made a bad decision and, you know, you can turn it around and you can move on. And that's exactly what happened. So it was a huge learning curve, shall I say. Were you also still working as a nurse when you're running this business? So I haven't actually stopped working as a nurse. So I don't, I don't, there must be something a little odd with me, but hey, I actually enjoy it. I enjoy what I do. So I always wanted to sort of keep going. So all of the money that I've made 
out of property has been on a part-time basis. So I've always been able to juggle the two. I always remember, my daughter will never forgive me. I remember when we were living in Port Hedland, I was renovating, my, I think it was my second or third house, I can't remember now. And it was a school night. So she's asleep on the floor in the middle of the lounge room. There's no furniture because I'm renovating this house. And I'm finishing the painting and it was like one o'clock in the morning, I think, some stupid time. And the poor girl's asleep on the floor in a in a sort of bundle of rags. And I'm thinking, God, I'm such a terrible mother. What am I doing here? But I've got to finish the painting before tomorrow because I had no time. So I don't know if anyone can relate to that. But, oh, man, you know, you just have to make it work. So we did. And I wonder what your daughter says now when she looks back at it. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, you were so cruel to me. But she she actually knows. And the, the stuff that she learned out of the process is pretty amazing as well. Inspired by Julie White's journey, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory where we'll talk about the strategy she uses to succeed in property renovations. Really had to learn the strategy about a targeted renovation, so not overcapitalizing, working out what your target buyer is going to be after. So they're the things I learned really quickly and then how to do it on a budget. It's really, really important. The kind of attitude she adopts to continue to succeed in the property investing world I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned that I need to be continually learning because the market's always changing and it's not going to stay static. It's changing again as we speak. So it's one of those things where if I don't know something, then I invest the time and the money to learn that strategy or learn how to do that particular thing. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.